Alpha, you know what I need. Teenagers with attitude. That's correct, Alpha. Teenagers with Everybody. We're talking about Power Rangers. Oh, welcome to Teenagers with Slow R&B Jams. What is happening? I feel like multiple bits are happening simultaneously here. The podcast where a bunch of grown adults get together to dress in all white and walk through a desert in slow motion, and there's an industrial fan just off camera. This probably would have made more sense as a joke if I'd watched the episode. It probably God would. God damn it, Luke. <laughs> Luke, Luke, if you'd have watched the episode, you'd know that um, shows just open with music videos now. We don't, oh. you, don't, you don't have an intro. You don't set anything up. No, you just start singing. And by now, yeah. you mean 20 years ago. I'm really yes. glad that there's an industrial thing. I don't want to go to the desert. I'm already fucking up too hot here. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I don't know how many of those, of, of those music videos, because like, the trend I'm talking about, like, I don't know how many of you all remember this. There was a huge thing. In like the the mid '90s or so, where like all of these like R&B groups and boy bands would film music videos, oh, where they would just walk through a desert. Oh, I, I and, listen. I was a fan of the Backstreet Boys when I was in elementary school, so I get mm-hmm. it. Like I remember, I, I remember the Backstreet Boys doing it. I remember like Boys to Men doing it. I think Seal did it. Like it happened just a bunch. Uh, but anyway, my name is Mike, and joining me. Uh, is, first of all, didn't watch the episode, it's Luke. Hey, what else is new? Damn right. Uh, speaking of what else is new, uh, it's our good friend Lexi. Hey, I'm, uh, it's, I, I know you all thought I was gone forever, and I apologize for, uh, ruining that for y'all, but, uh, no, I'm, I'm here, I'm in my new podcast recording studio, it's great. Fantastic. Uh, we've also got the lovely Emily. Hey, I'm I'm jealous of Luke's ability to not watch the episode and still be able to make an appearance on the podcast and put out good work. <laughs> uh, eh, yeah, good is a relative term. Uh, Luke's a yeah. fun guy. Luke, Luke knows how to improv. That's all I'm saying. It's, 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 I would it's, say it's well, everything relative. Luke does on these shows is improv because he has no actual material to reference. That's what I'm saying. I am jealous of that ability. I have to watch the episode or I'm like, I don't fucking know what to say. Well, it's all a matter of taste. Uh, and speaking of which, throwback everybody. Back at long last. He's been away for a while. Don't call it a comeback, though. It's our good buddy, Matt. <laughs> 
Hey there, person who thinks I'm not funny. Kind cheers. It's me. We've we've actually favorite. had people talking on the Discord about how much they uh, how much they miss you. Yeah, Eric. I really appreciate all the people who like me and think I'm funny, but that one guy who doesn't think I'm funny, he's the one who gives me my powers. <laughs> <laughs> this is kind of late, but Eric, when 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 uh, when Michael introduced Mac, can you put in like a laugh track or cheering, depending on what you feel is better? Um, but Both. also layer in just one guy saying boo. No, yes. no. Well, yes, do that. But it should be one guy saying boo repeatedly. Um, and you should what you should put in is you should put in the Resident Evil One basement music. You know the one that's like. We're we're already going to be asking Eric to put music into the episode a lot because boy howdy, there's some music in this. Yeah, yeah, that's the other thing that TV shows these days need is, or I guess shows these days need is, you just need to keep put cutting in music, interrupt what's going on to have some singing happening. Yeah, it'll be an accurate simulation of of the episode we're discussing. Like I feel like that's the biggest thing Luke is gonna miss out on. Like watching I mean, no, like a subtitle version of the show. I skipped over those parts. Oh wow, <laughs> they're good uh, though. Like they're good bad. Like they're not good. They're, yeah, they're, <laughs> they're really good bad. Uh, but anyway, let's let's get to it. We've been farting around for like four minutes. Let's get into the real meat of this shit. Stronger than before. Perfect music. And for Morphac Newsio this week, uh, ZO stands for Zord Options because we're going to talk a little bit more about the fighting game because we finally oh. have Matt here. Okay, so we're, we're not going to like a use Zords sales thing where we're talking about what options are available on our on the Zords. See, what I was thinking was like the options like, from like uh, what is that Gradius, where like he, the Zord has like these little floaty things that shoot while it shoots because that'd be pretty cool. Ah, see, I was thinking of like a Zord with uh, like automatic windows or like keyless entry. Because I just want to—I don't want a Zord that's a Vic Viper from from Galaga or whatever game they're from. Gradius, that's right. Sorry. <laughs> so <Same> Matt, <laughs> yeah. Hi, hey. I'm here. Tell so us po- about this fucking fighting game. So, Power Rangers Battle for the Grid is a 3v3 tag team fighting game released on March 26, 2019 for Nintendo Switch and PlayStation 4. I think the release dates, and uh, Xbox One, I think the release dates were slightly staggered, but they all released around the same time. Um, You're doing a great job of reading the Wikipedia page so far. I'm actually not. I'm actually going off of memory here. That's terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> why do you just think in wikipedia okay i've always admired that actually like, like you'll talk on going pear shape and you'll you'll speak about something for like a little bit in a very like intellectual like explanatory manner and then get very angry about it <laughs> yeah that, that yeah that's wikipedia about, <laughs> yeah, that, oh god you guys please i'm begging you all we need to move on anyway <laughs> Anyway, um, it is a 3v3 tag team style fighting game, and the most common description I've seen for this game is it's garbage, but it's really fun garbage. So maybe play it? Maybe? Depending on your personal subjective opinion. 
Um, things that are noteworthy about the game, it has a very low execution entry to entry barrier for execution. Um, it uses Dragon Ball Z Fighter, Dragon Ball Fighter, Dragon Ball Z Fighter, Fighting Z Z Fighter, <laughs> seventeen uh-huh. fucking Goku's the video game. Um, it uses that style of auto combo system. It's only a three button fighting game, so you have light, medium, and heavy. Um, well, four, I guess technically, um, because special moves are mapped to a singular button, similarly to Smash. Um, the actual system itself works similarly to, like, MVC2, MVC3, where it's a three-man team. You can tag in and tag out certain characters. You can call certain characters in for assists. Um, you can do snapbacks. I don't think there are double snapback infinites in that game. I'd be very surprised if there were. Um, other notable things about the game is it was actually developed and worked on by a lot of guys who are very, very old-school fighting game players, namely Justin Wong, Shady K., and oh god, not Clakey D. What was the last one? Was it Clakey D? Fuck. You I'm said it here. like ten minutes ago. I did say it like recording. ten minutes ago. I'm going to say it was Clakey D. And if it wasn't Clay, no, it was Clockwork. There we go. There we go. It was Clockwork. I remembered. Thank God. Save my own ass. Um, and it kind of shows <laughs> that it was worked on by like guys who know their shit when it comes to fighting games because mechanically the game is really really fun. Um, and it has probably my favorite comeback mechanic of any fighting game ever with the Megazord. So, one of the things you're allowed to do in that game is if you're getting your ass beat, you can call in a Megazord or the Dragonzord. I think that you get a- access to, like, the, the Megazord and the Dragonzord. Or the two and also Goldar. You can, yeah, you can choose Goldar, too. Oh, yeah, shit. Goldar's a Zord, which, which is great, because you can, <laughs> you can choose Goldar while also being Goldar. So you can have a, have a normal Goldar have, and a big Goldar have, at the same time. You can have two Goldars, and it's you really sad. You can have sad. four Goldars in the fight. You can actually have four Goldars in the fight. It's okay, really maybe funny. I'm going to buy this game. <laughs> I mean, okay, it, it's one of those games where it, you, as long as you know what you're getting into, it's actually a pretty good value for the money because the mechanics of the game and the gameplay for it, while really janky, is ultimately really fun and solid, and it's got good netcode backing it up as well. Um super yeah, bare it seems like it's act- it's it's good as long as you understand that it's you know a little budgety in terms of its presentation yeah, it's a $20 yeah, fighting exactly. game exactly like, exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it it is a $20 fighting game and it is $20 for a reason you aren't getting the presentation values and you aren't getting the feature set you're getting with a game right. like Dragon but Ball that, Fighter that's Z. like about how much like Pocket Fighter was and it seems like it's at least roughly, as good as that yeah roughly on par with Pocket Fighter I'd say in terms was of other game that was an Arxis game that like was on Xbox uh, Live arcade that was like fantasy. Do you remember that? Um, no idea. That had, they didn't have a lot of characters either, and was kind of like bare bones. But it was arcs. I want so, to say like, I want to say Battle Fantasia, but that, I'm that not might sure. be it. That probably I, I'm is not it. sure I'll that's Google correct, but I think it's Battle Fantasia. Um, but yeah, so that was like, it's similar, one of those like fifteen bucks or something. Yeah, it's Battle Fantasia. That's what it's called. Yeah. Yep. God, how the fuck do I remember that? I never even played that game. <laughs> Jesus. I got it. That's good. I liked it. Hell yeah. Um, but it is one of those games, ultimately Battle for the Grid is one of those games where it, it's probably worth the money, but you need to go in with it with with expectations that it's $20 for a reason, and it doesn't right. look great, it's got a small roster, the community's probably pretty small, and if you can get, and its tutorial is basically non-existent, along with the rest of the single-player modes. If you can get over all that stuff, and admittedly, that's not a small ask, but if you can get over sure. that probably worth it i gotta say not not really having a tutorial is at least true to the franchise it's representing 
Yeah. Um, I guess the good news with the game is that it's probably much easier to get into than other fighting games, just on the basis of uh, it has much lower execution. Just, like, that alone helps a lot. But, like, they aren't teaching you how to use, like, snapbacks. They're not going to teach you how to instant overhead. They're not going to teach you what oaky or fuzzy guards are. You're firmly on your own. But even a lot of, like, like, I think... uh, D-Beefs is pretty good at onboarding you, and it doesn't go over some of that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah, um, D-Beefs also is another game I feel that's kind of easy, a little easier to get into. I feel like that's kind of a thing in general with more it's modern like that's fighting just games. just kind of trending that way these days. Yeah, which I'm I'm a fan of, personally. Um, I yeah. do think this game is probably ultimately easier to get into than D-Beefs, sure. just because the Megazord is such a dramatic comeback factor. Yeah, where yeah, even yeah. if even if you're losing, you're probably getting at least one character because hey, auto combos plus fucking the Zord and like there you go. Right. Um, well, and like a smaller roster means fewer characters you have to like know what they do. Yeah, exactly. And most of the characters in this game have pretty straightforward ability sets, mm-hmm. so it's not like you have to deal with really weird shit like fucking right. like, Venom teleport loops and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you can just kind of like. Most characters, it's like, this character runs fast and they hit hard, but they have really short-range normals. This character's really slow, but they have, like, a super powerful gun and they can, like, keep you full screen. They they fall into pretty neatly divided ar- character archetypes, so it's pretty easy to figure out who does what and come up with game plans around that. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, so, my review of Battle for the Grid, a game that I have never played, but I'm a person on the <laughs> internet, so I'm allowed to critically evaluate it without ever playing it. Sure. I get a 7.5. Okay. That's official TWA score for Battle for the Grid until Zach gets back and he disagrees with it, or maybe he'll agree <laughs> with it. I don't know. I think Zach probably would like it. I mean, like, it looks like a solid game. Yeah, I mean, I think he's been player. enjoying his time with it. Yeah, uh, like well, Mortal Kombat is out the day we're recording this, so I think he's done playing the Power Rangers. Yeah, so if you're now. wondering why Zach's not on this episode, <laughs> he told us he had like he had to travel for work. Really, he yeah, just he took a few weeks off to play Mar- Mortal work, Kombat. Work. Yeah. yeah, his his job is in Outworld. <laughs> <laughs> he volunteered to like clean up the messes after all of those fights. Yeah. I was thinking about this the other day. Just you're talking, you know, mentioning like smaller fighting games and stuff like that. How nuts must the, like, three people that still play PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale be? Holy shit. I mean, think about that what that... exist? I mean, there's that... gotta be uh, at least a handful of people that are oh, there's just a, there's super There's a group for any that. game. Exactly. I know there are groups out there that still play, like, the Sailor Moon arcade game from, like, yeah, yeah. 1994 or but something that's, that's super Moon. broken. Yeah. <laughs> that's like there is one hotel room at Evo where you can get some PlayStation All Star money fuck, matches. Fucking, you have to like no, no, the, a like, hotel people. near Evo. Let's be real here. <laughs> no, no, a motel near Evo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You see, yeah, I'm, think, I'm thinking like a weird cabin that exists in the ha- in a hammer space pockets, like in right. the California woods somewhere. That's where you need to go but to play it, like PlayStation All Stars Battle Royale. But if you find it, it like. How could you not stick around and watch? Yeah, I you know, know, right? I'll I'll say this right now. The 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 esport thing that I want to see most is to take the highest level Smash players in the world and put them in a real ass tournament in PlayStation All Stars Battle Royale just to see what happens. You see, I That's thought you I were want. going to say put them into a pit and get them to throw crabs at each other. <laughs> that too. 
Of course, I also I also really like when they do those tournaments where they like have super high level players play matches with items on on casual stages. Just you and, know, again, just for shits and giggles. And then they get crabs thrown at shit. them. Yeah, they get crabs. Yeah, what happened with that? Matt, I need explanations on that one. Okay, so you so you follow you follow Smash, right? A, a little bit. Okay, you know Hungrybox, the melee puff player who plays super ludicrously fucking lame, but is really, really good, but he plays super I, lame? I know his name, and I'm sure I've seen him play before, but yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, he, he's a strong player. He makes top eights regularly. Um, so, he he was playing in Grand Finals, um, and we don't know the motivations of the crab thrower yet, but presumably, this person was very angry that Hungrybox was playing incredibly lame, uh-huh. and... He got so He's playing like a big stall game, right? Yeah, yeah, because he literally, like, he runs the clock. Like, games yeah. go to time, like, all the fucking time when he's in the match. Right, because he's a um, Jigglypuff player, and that's what they're yeah, good at. Yeah, because he floats off, and he just bear, 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 bear over and over and over yeah. again. Um, so, apparently, like, somebody took umbrage with this, and he decided to invoke his powerful Marylander blood, and throw a, he threw a crab at him. While he was on what? main stage. <laughs> I just uh, need oh, to oh, yeah. a live crab or a dead crab? Unconfirmed. It was, it was dead when it was on the ground. It was presumably dead when it was thrown. Okay, well, I hope it wasn't live then at all, ever. I, I'm yeah. pretty sure it was a it dead died. crab. But, but yeah, like normal, like, normal, like, belligerents and assholes throw, like, bottles or batteries at people they don't like. Right. Smash players throw crabs. Yeah, it's, so, that's, that's a wild one. Matt, yeah. I've been I've been preoccupied through this whole conversation with just the image of a press conference with like the chief of police just <laughs> standing in front of a bunch of people just saying solemnly, we do not yet know the motivation of the crab thrower. <laughs> yeah. Presumably, what if it was a crab with a knife from that one video? Oh, he shit. Somebody. Shit. He like, he's agreeing that shit. <laughs> it's a good thing that Hungrybox is apparently fucking amazing at spot dodging because he just like fucking matrixed that crab. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I want, I want, what I want to see with the Smash community is uh, akin to how that guy who threw the shoe at George W. Bush went right. on to have a really successful political career. Yeah, yeah I want to yeah. see the crab thrower. Uh, become a major figure in yeah. the Smash scene. I think, I like, think- a- after last year when Sonic Fox got really big, the big thing I want to see from, like, all fighting game stuff is for everyone to get weird gimmicks. I want it to look God. like a, like, pro wrestling match. You've had, this, you've had this rant a few times. Like- yeah, because I still <laughs> believe it very deeply. The, the crab... <laughs> I don't the disagree. Crab thrower, the crab thrower just, like, enters like a fucking wrestler and he just throws crabs to the audience to hype yeah. them up. His entrance music is Crab Rave. Yeah, yeah! He, like, autographs people's crabs after the matches. God. (laughs) He comes in wearing the fucking Carcat Vantis uh, cancer shirt. Yes. God. Maybe not that. That's a little too nerdy. Even for Smash. Wow, Matt, really? (laughs) Really? Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, I'll, I'll play Smash Brothers and throw live animals at people, but Homestuck, that's a bridge too far. <laughs> it's a bridge too far, and you know it. So uh, okay, John Egbert into Project M, didn't they? I've never oh, seen that trailer. Certainly. I know I have a pair of friends who are currently modding Brawl, and the first thing they did was put Sans Undertale into that fucking of course, game. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Why wouldn't you? Alright, so this oh, is all incredible. Jesus. But I want to get to the. <laughs> To the thing we're ostensibly here to discuss. Yeah, absolutely. Which crab? Yeah. 
Which yeah, nothing honestly, in this episode is going to top guys, that. I'm sorry. Guys, no, guys, nah. guys, stop. Michael's getting a little crabby, so let's just continue with the episode, <laughs> okay. please. All right, all right. <sighs> so you episode... guys are crustacean too long, so we need to move on. No, <laughs> that's <laughs> nothing. Okay, you had to really claw so... for that one, huh? <laughs> yeah. Episode guys, twenty-five. Let's, let's, just, let's just put our pincers on this and just Please, snip it. In I'm the begging you all. Come on, guys. I'm in a pinch. I, I know, we I need know, to move on. I know I'm the one who started the crab thing, but I'm <laughs> pleading with you. Please, we <laughs> need to move on. You can all okay. go to shell. So let's talk about Power Rangers Zio. <laughs> you. That's a good one, Luke. Power no, Rangers Zio, season one, episode you, twenty-five. Luke. Song sung yellow, and as we alluded to earlier, we just opened with a music video. Yeah. It's just Tanya performing a whole ass song also, with Adam and Rocky. It's not in there. In, filmed in widescreen, but they make it stretch it out so it looks like it's widescreen, and I was Which very is, confused. Okay, the thing that annoys me about that is that when they like pans out and sees the screen they're watching it on, it's like a four by three. It's like right, what? Yeah, that's why it's all <laughs> stretchy when it's in letterbox. It's like why is it like this? I, I don't know. I guess the idea is like this is what music videos look like. Do like they? I. I guess. I mean, MTV was probably in full swing at this point, right? Yeah, but it would have been in widescreen? Maybe. I guess I don't know for sure one way or the other. Well, I mean, even if it was in widescreen, it would have been, like, depends on the music video, I imagine. to widescreen, not take a 4x3 and just kind of pull it apart at the edges. Right. Man, do you remember that early era of widescreen TVs when, like, there wasn't that much widescreen programming and everyone just... like, stretched out images like this and yep, pretended like I it do. looked better? Yeah. Yeah. And everything yeah. would be kind of weird, but you couldn't quite tell why until there was, like, a shot of the moon and it was, like, egg-shaped. And you were like, what is <laughs> yeah. there? Right. Cut oh, right, Lisa Kudrow isn't that wide. Whoops. <laughs> so, okay. We, so this music video, it, it cuts, it, it montages between a bunch of shots of... Tanya performing on a stage with this band. We've never seen these bandmates before. I have no idea who these people are. Uh, and footage of her dancing around on the beach and playing with Adam and Rocky, who were like, they're they're filming her on like an old school like personal camera thing, but also they're being filmed. So, eh. Well, but Adam yeah, apparently like, was the director of the, of the music video. Yeah, so you know him and Rocky's they got to be in it. Yeah, they got they got to be in the video. Well, they're the, they're the eye candy, you know. Yeah. Oh, they're 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 the reason this thing's selling. Uh, but yeah, Eric, can you play at least some of this song in the episode? Because the chorus it's, does it have a chorus? It's kind of like a short song. It kind of does. I'd say it. I'd say it can technically classify as a chorus. There's a part that repeats. So let, yes. let's say that. <laughs> Uh, so we we have this whole music video. Uh, we pan out, and it turns out the Rangers are watching it on a little on Ernie's little portable TV that he's got on the counter there that we've seen numerous times, pretty much since season one. Really, this this TV has really stood the test of time, I guess. I mean, and, CRTs uh, do. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I have a CRT uh, so, in my room right now. I use it to play yeah. Super Nintendo games. <laughs> so the other rangers are all excited and they're giving everybody compliments they're complimenting tanya on her musical talents and adam on his directorial debut and 
I actually kind of forget what happens later. I'm trying to scroll to what where like to where stuff happens in the episode. And it takes a long time. Well, it's an episode of Power Rangers, so well, I mean, you're like, scrolling for a while. The first thing that happens is that like Tommy is like he looks kind of like worried and like what's what's up, Tommy? He's like I saw something weird in this, and he starts like fast forwarding through it and like slowing it down. And there's a f- cog in the background. See, and while this was happening, I was. So sure we were about to find out that Tommy has been descending into madness for like the yes. past like ten episodes. That'd this is where so everyone good. finally notices. I, I thought it was gonna be like there's a like weird ghost in the tape and like they're cursed or something like that. Turns out that in true Power Rangers faction, the actual explanation is much, much stupider. Does anyone yeah, want to elaborate it's... on what that is? Yeah, so what was that movie that's like them going super duper in depth over the footage of the JFK assassination? Oh, JFK. Oh, yeah, it was just called JFK? Of course nobody knows what that is. Yeah, it's it's very much <laughs> like that. It's just Tommy like, wait a minute, wait a minute, rewind, going going through frame by frame. Listen. Wait, there, in the background, it's a cog. My dad is like, you. My yeah. dad can and has given four-hour impromptu lectures about the JFK I know. assassination. That's why I say, of course, you. Yeah, do I that. don't think the <laughs> listeners necessarily do. Emily, Luke's letting them in on the <laughs> thing. Listen, just just uh, follow Luke on Twitter. He, he talks about it sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it's it's some shit. Also, worth I mean, noting, we're not, not going to force people to, to follow the Teenagers of the Attitude extended universe. I'm just saying, they don't, they don't oh, need to know why I said that. God. They can wonder about it and be worried. Just saying, <laughs> if you ever want to hear, listen for four hours about how George H.W. Bush killed John F. Kennedy, come on over to my house. Um, come on over to Luke Horner. What if I don't, uh, <laughs> don't want to hear that at all, ever, <laughs> for like any reason? And what if instead I want to point out that Tommy's reaction to seeing the cog, like, very obviously moving through the background is, they're spying on us? <laughs> yeah. Spying? Well, in fairness, and- it's, it's, it's a lot darker than it feels like this show deserves, but, like, he, he basically says, like, if they've been sneaking around and we haven't noticed, like... They could be anywhere at any time. This is disappointing to me because it made me feel like, okay, if you go back and look at uh, previous episodes, you'll be able to see cogs discreetly like lurking in the background. God, that'd be good. Hinting at this like overarching, you know, deeper like plot from the from the series villains that's what only now, just now coming like, to fruition. You know how like if you play old video games on an emulator or something, there's a lot of like margins on the right and left where the colors are all weird and like the stuff doesn't spawn in right because they like had to make it bigger than the picture was supposed to be because they couldn't account for overscan because it would yep. vary from TV to TV. What if if you looked at the whole picture of a Power Rangers thing in the area outside of view of most TV screens <laughs> there's just cogs. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so like that recut of Buffy where you can see like stagehands and shit. Exactly. Only- yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What, I, what I love about the scene though is they're like so worried that they're being spied on, and I'm like, dude, Rita spied on you constantly with her fucking telescope. Yeah, and you between knew about Rita, that. yeah, Rita's ever watching your every movements <laughs> and repeatedly like attacking you based on what was going on in your lives. Like, don't even worry about it. <laughs> also, not only that, but they have a pretty loose definition of spying because this cog's not really hiding. <laughs> He's just kind of walking around behind them on the stage. Yep. Yeah, what was this cog doing? He was looking for the little robot's room. 
<laughs> if anything, it feels like this cog found out they were shooting a music video and was like, oh, shit, I want to be in a music video. Right. That or alternatively, he was just like completely lost and he just like wandered onto the stage and he's like, where the fuck? Oh, shit. <laughs> and just 180 and got the fuck out of there. You know what? Based on something that happens later in this episode, I'm going to guess that happens a lot. Yeah. So like, uh, we we cut to uh, Tommy is helping Ernie put up some decorations. Apparently, Ernie in his best luck. Ernie is expanding his business. Yeah, this the is a, gym this and is juice a very bar, nice. Uh, this is a very nice unnatural conversation that clues us, the viewers, in on you know some minor plot relevant details. Yeah. So the gym and juice bar is going to start being open on Saturday nights, uh, and he's going to have like live music i guess he's going for like an older clientele i mean now? he Question i mean mark? later on lieutenant stone calls it like i guess not lieutenant stone detective stone calls it um like a club or in his private club is what he calls gonna it. guess mike given the the tenor of the show and the fact that the jim and juice bar already just seems to be where the kid local kids congregate he's Less going for an older crowd and more just trying to provide all the goody two-shoe teens a place to hang out on Saturday nights. Yeah, probably. Like, I, I also, because... All, all the cool kids are out getting trashed in a abandoned hunting lodge, you know, a couple miles out of town. This is, this is where the Power <laughs> Rangers can hang out. Okay. An abandoned hunting lodge sounds really specific. <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Is that the same lodge Lexi. where they go and play PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale? Yep. You got it. Yes. Okay, that, excellent. That's, that's the underground activity in Angel Grove. Yeah. So as Emily alluded to, though, Ernie's rocking a fucking look here because he's wearing his signature Hawaiian shirt with overalls. It's yeah, very Hawaiian good. shirt's typically not a thing you wear more clothing over. <laughs> Unless, uh, never mind. It's too esoteric a reference even for this fucking show. <laughs> wow, I've—is that the first time someone started to make a reference on this show and then actually hit the eject button and thought better of it? Because that's not something we usually do here. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that happens. We cut to the moon, and okay, apparently it is time for Prince Sprocket's. Bar mitzvah, basically, because like bot it's mitzvah. time for him. To, bot mitzvah, yeah. <laughs> I I I wanted to say that, but I I think that's a, a joke that's been done. I mean, uh, I'm sure it has. It's an easy oh, pun to make. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it's time for him to become a man, and he's going to become a man by. It's time for him to drink the metal milk. Yeah, but in order, so, in order uh, to... I still don't know what metal milk is. No and one I'm does. Not, I don't. I don't want. I just to Zach's know. not here. I just thought I would like help him out. You know. Oh, <laughs> okay, sounds, never, never help Zach out. Like rule number one of this show. Zach's a nice guy. I don't know what it is, but metal milk is so viscerally unpleasant, <laughs> right? Thank you, Matt. Imagine milk with the taste of iron. Yeah, that's... I mean, I have some iron milk. milk. Yeah, there are, like, several places my mind can go with metal milk, and all of them are just varying types of bad. Yeah. Even in the best-case scenario, which is just metallic-tasting milk, that's still fucking gross. Do you want me to inform you on the lore that Zach gave for it? No. No. (laughs) (laughs) So, I I have a question... Sure. Uh, Talk to me later, Matt. Robots, <sighs> by definition, don't grow or physically 
change right. as they age. So is Prince Sparket literally going to become a man, as in they're going to build him a new adult body? I would think I mean, that's probably how it works, yeah. I mean, like once, I would once say your artificial yes. intelligence advances to a significant level of maturity, then it gets put in a new adult chassis. Oh, like but, a hermit crab. Yeah. That sounds like it should happen, but it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't. Well, sure. I was going to say, like, it doesn't happen in the episode, wait. so no. Well, they're in the middle of the world. They don't have the resources. Well, yeah. So, what? one, they say this is the first <laughs> step in him becoming a man. Um, But two, what if they mean it more literally? What if he's actually going to get, like, some sort of a robot to human transfusion? Oh. oh. I don't know, maybe what if they've been, if they've been collecting fleshy bits from humans they've killed and are slowly trying to assemble a meat body for Prince Sprocket? Don't they like Ugh. dislike humans though? Like I don't think they like meat people. Maybe Prince Sprocket's a little weird. He is the son uh, of royalty, after all. They are pretty supportive yeah, he, parents, so I mean they might yeah, his, go his for parents, it. <laughs> his parents are helping him build his meat meat suit, like a fur suit, but it's meat. <laughs> so he can he can live as his meat Sona. Sprocket's yeah, 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 he's a fleshy. So are you telling me this episode is like the prequel to Super Meat Boy? Is that yes. what's going on here? Sure, yeah. So anyway, apparently the way he's going to become a man is they're going to do what they've already done like 17 times and just give him a giant robot to send after the Rangers. Yeah, but this time it's important. It was literally yeah. the plot of last episode was he got a new toy. And he came down. Yeah, I will and, like, point out that they still call this a toy. They don't. They don't say, "Hey, we're giving you a weapon, right?" To you know, go monster. prove your prove that you're a man. Now it's no. We're just going to give you another toy. If you play with this toy well enough, you'll no longer be a child. Yeah. Uh, the only like other plot relevant thing that happens in this scene, and I use I use the words plot relevant incredibly loosely. Yeah. Uh, is that the cogs are going to get sent down to earth to get some party supplies for the celebration. Let's let's be clear. And there's basically two different plots going on here and they don't have anything to do with one another. No. Oh, they have absolutely nothing to do with each other. So we cut down to the gym and juice bar slash Ernie's lounge now? Question mark. Uh, Ernie's place. Yeah. Welcome to Ernie's. Why uh, do you and say it the like Rangers, that? The Rangers are decorating here because... They're just Ernie's employees. And no, 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 hold they... on, hold on, hold on. You can't call them that. Employees get paid. And Ernie's okay. volunteers? Yeah? I, I, I guess they're volunteers? We, we, don't, we don't necessarily know that they don't get paid. I guess, yeah, I guess. Yeah. I was assuming I mean, I guess didn't, Ernie, but... I, I guess Ernie's expanding his business and he needs to, like, pay his employees now because he theoretically <laughs> has those? <laughs> Listen, listen, uh, the feds are going to, well, okay, Bulk and Skull are going to be poking around here later. He needs to make sure that they're, uh, everything's up to code, you know? Wait, I'm still not really clear on how feds? much of this place is a private business and how much of it is, like, a town community center. Also, isn't he involved in the mob? Yeah, he is. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's okay. why he's got to maintain the uh, appearances of legitimacy on the <laughs> well, surface. See, okay, I was going to completely save this for later, but, like... <laughs> With with the like whole detective noir thing they're going with like bulk and skull, I'm like, is this just like supposed to be the jazz club now that like they go to? Where, like, I mean, yes, yeah. you're correct. Like, there, and, there's and, definitely like, a 1920s so, vibe now. And jazz clubs, like, I mean, they have been connected to the mobs before, so like, there you go, guys. <laughs> Wait, so is is Power Rangers Zio just becoming like Power Rangers noir now? No, I mean it's 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 giving us some surface level stuff, but it's not going to deliver on what that phrase promises. That's a shame. 
Uh, anywho, so the cogs steal some fucking paper plates and shit. So I love that all that King Mondo told them was, hey, go down to Earth and steal some party supplies. And rather than going to like a store that sells party supplies... They go down to the fucking gym and juice bar and take, like, some streamers and shit. <laughs> of course they fuck with the Power Rangers, though, and they have to get a chance. In keeping with <laughs> It's really funny, because you can see the cogs, like, running around behind, like, Tanya and Kat, and it's like, how do you guys not notice that? The, the yeah, cogs I was just are, about to say, um, in keeping they're... with... Oh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead, Matt. Oh, I was gonna say, in keeping with previously in the episode where, like, the cog just kind of wandered out onto the stage and was like, oh, fuck, and then, like, ran away, <laughs> the, it takes them, like, 30 seconds to realize the cogs are in the room <laughs> stealing shit, but the cogs aren't yeah. being sneaky, they're no. literally just, like, walking up next to tables next to them and, like, <laughs> picking up glasses and, like, plates off the tables and just walking out the door with them. They're not even trying to hide. I'm not even yeah. sure they realized they were doing anything wrong. Yeah. It, it's it's not until Rocky, like, yells and points at them as, like, cogs, that they realize, oh, it's I guess like, stealth was an option. It's they like when a next, dog next... sneaks into a room it's not supposed to be in and is, like, stealing food and doesn't doesn't act like there's anything wrong until somebody actually yells at it, and then it bolts. Right. If, if, if- I, the cogs, the cogs subscribe to the philosophy of if you just act confident, if you just like ask, act like you're supposed to be there, and no one will question it. You know yeah, what? Yeah, I'm I mean, not sure they're wrong about that. I was about to say. I mean, it worked up to a certain point. It's not entirely wrong. Matt mentioning the idea of them not knowing they're doing anything wrong makes the next scene really horrifying. <laughs> Oh no, the next scene is really horrifying in its own right. So The next scene the- is horrifying yeah. in its own way because this a caterer is about to have his livelihood destroyed. Yes. <laughs> yeah. When when uh, you want For to explain no reason. This, because the Rangers like you explain the scene, but they they yeah, could Matt, use- go ahead. I was going to say so, um it's morphin time, their shit got stolen, they morph, they run outside and the cogs are now conveniently placed near a catering van, and next to that catering van are racks upon racks of pies. <laughs> I like how the Power Rangers here are like, okay, hey, you stole our stuff, we need that, so we're gonna, like, ruin more stuff from an innocent person to get yeah. our stuff back. Like, the Rangers are more of a menace than the cogs are in this scene. The whole yeah, time this maybe, scene like, was happening, me and Mike were riffing about, like, the guy being like, you guys, you guys have guns and swords, why are you using my pies? Why? No, like, my no. livelihood! You I have, have like, to do this! I only <laughs> have, like, two Jameson ovens, is a- I had to bake these pies two at a time, and Ernie ordered, like, 50! <laughs> you know J. Jonah Jameson is having a field day with this one in the editorials. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fucking but yeah, like, and like and like this this isn't a full catering service. The van says Little Stevie's Bakery. All this person did was make a shitload of pies. It's an independent business owner that they're fucking with. I guarantee St- Little Stevie is the only employee. Oh, he God. he owns and runs the whole business, and he had to he had to close the shop to make this delivery. Yeah, you and all of his stock is destroyed. Who gives a shit? They're massive, right. but like this is a. Not even a mom and pop store. This is just a pop store. It's not even Big Stevie. <laughs> it's Little Stevie. How are you gonna be? Me- how are you gonna do this to Little Stevie? Little Stevie. But yes. So the Rangers, they just fucking, they literally clown on these cogs with these pies. Like they're picking up the pies and they're just like throwing them at the cogs who like short circuit and die. I guess as a result of this, and the entire time I'm thinking. 
No, please, just just use the guns. Just use the swords. <laughs> don't, please leave the pies alone. No, I mean, don't honestly, okay, it's like counter, four pies. Counterpoint, though, laser guns, maybe those get deflected by those heavy metal plating. No, they you don't. Get some, you get some pie goop <laughs> in between, like, the seams of their armor? Those robots are done. So why don't Look, the rangers we've, we've run seen them fucking... shoot them before and they I, die? <laughs> I, no, I'm not doubting that that works. I'm just saying I think this probably has uh, maybe an even better level of efficacy. But if that's the case, so why don't the, the rangers just fill a super soaker up with like pudding yes. or something? Hey, and maybe they will. I haven't seen the next episode. So every time they get splashed, they die. So just have super soakers full of water. Sorry, so Lexi. I'm rewatching this scene, mm-hmm. and I see that the very first pie is thrown by Cat, who does a whole fucking routine with it first. Yes, she does. Yes. I think <laughs> what happened here was Cat saw an opportunity to showboat her fucking sleight of hand pie tricks that she's been practicing, and like <laughs> kicked off this entire irresponsible like show of just waste of, say show food. of force, but it's not really a show of force. It's not a show of force. It's a waste of food. They're wasting so much food. Why the pies yeah. did nothing wrong? Do you think Stevie? You think? Do you think Zordon and Alpha are watching this? And as it's happening, Zordon's just sadly shaking his head, and Alpha reaches for a checkbook to write a check to little Stevie for the damages. (laughs) Listen, folks, the real victims of Power Rangers Zio. It's not the buildings. It's not the civilians in the crosshairs. It's not Bulk and Skull. It's not. It's not the Rangers. It's not the Machine Empire. The real victim here is little Stevie. Now wait a second. (laughs) Let me offer an alternative narrative. We know... Okay, okay, Fox. Let's hear it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) okay. Okay, Luke's dad. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, same difference. Let's be clear. Uh, uh, Okay, we know that Alpha can magically produce food, right? Oh, shit. We know that Alpha's very petite. Oh, shit. What if Alpha is little Stevie? We saw it. You think, you think those pies were set up for the Rangers? That is exactly what I'm suggesting. Holy shit. <laughs> there was a second baker on the grassy knoll. <laughs> so, hold on. Is this Questions. where you get this from, Luke? Do you get this from your dad? <laughs> okay. Couple of, couple, of counter, couple of counterpoints. First, that's idiotic. But secondly, okay, hold on. For secondly, this show, that is not in any way a disqualifying statement. That's true, but shut up. Anyway, secondly, the thing about this is there's a car there, or a van, I guess. Yeah. D- have we established that Alpha can drive cars? Okay, here's my point. There was a man. We literally saw a man by the car earlier. You think that Alpha's <laughs> ability to generate things stops at food? <laughs> oh, shit. He generated a man. Yes. Okay. I mean, that would explain why Tommy just kind of fucking showed up out of nowhere. Uh-huh. Yeah, what, think what about if little it. Stevie is Alpha's flesh sona? <laughs> Oh god, you, you think saying? Alpha and Sprocket know each other but never talk about it because oh, like man. What if what if they only know each other like through like wait, fleshy wait, communities wait, and they wait. don't know who's behind yeah, the suit? Yeah, so you wait. might have a friend at a furry convention but you've never seen each other out of your fursuits. So hold on here. Here's a question. You guys, you guys deposited earlier that question. that like Tommy was made by Alpha. Is he Al- is he Tommy's dad? What hmm Tommy's adopted too, by the way. Tommy it- Shit, you're right. Also, do you think that Alpha (laughs) made all of, like, the flesh for his meat suit by himself? Because apparently, I guess he can... I guess he can technically do that. 
That's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Alpha that, has is demonstrated... that better or worse that Alpha has access to a lot of flesh? It, it's better. It's definitely better because <laughs> I mean, at least it's like folks... lab grown, and he didn't presumably like butcher people and well, to get his meat well, suit parts. The, the the thing is the thing is Matt, there's no gentle way to put this, but we did watch the Christmas special, and Alpha is very skilled at oh, harvesting children. That's, that's so damn it. dark. High five. I don't want this. <laughs> Alpha also has a lot of Christmas magic. I don't know the yep. implications of so. that statement. <laughs> so. Uh, this, this scene culminates in most of the cogs teleporting away, but one of them is just like, wait, what happened? Yeah, yeah, Uh-oh. no, it, it looks like they get tele- I don't think cogs teleport, I think they get teleported, and for some reason, one of them got left behind. He was a little out of the formation. Yeah, and the rangers just fucking pelt this one lone cog with pies until it falls down. That's what I meant Notably, about Matt's statement earlier, about him saying, like, they don't know they're doing anything wrong. He's like, why are you guys trying yeah. to kill us? <laughs> but notably, we never see this cog actually die or the rangers finish him off. Right. I is- like to think that after the scene, the rangers walked away, this cog got up and it's just like, well, I can't go back to the machine empire now. They left me behind. Time to start a new life here in Angel Grove. <laughs> what, I'm, what I was saying earlier is I think that's been happening a lot. I think there's just a bunch of cogs right. running around. Like That I guess, cog went for a long co- walk and then had a, a brilliant idea to open up a uh, cobbler shop called Medium Stevie's. <laughs> how, how many cogs do you think have, have gotten jobs at the Putty Bowl restaurant at this point? <laughs> What oh is Big Stevie? More than a few. Like, this guy's going to move in right across from the Putty Bowl restaurant. With there's medium there's probably a tanger or two there, too. Like, it's, this oh, is, man. This yeah, is just a growing... Into, like, the, the, the place where retired mobsters just get honest, quiet work. Do you yeah. think the putties, like, are happy about the cogs or resent the cogs? Mm. Well, if you'll, if you'll follow the deep uh, TWA lore, we've... Uh, we've posited the theory that some of the cogs are putties. Are those the most resented of them all? <laughs> oh, yeah, you think they're like class traders? <laughs> I don't I don't want to think about this, but I am. <laughs> I mean, that's TWA at, at its core, really. <laughs> Matt, have you I, missed us? Y- the answer is an overwhelming we- yes and also a resounding no. What the fuck? <laughs> We okay. I'm sorry to do this, y'all. We are six minutes into the episode. <laughs> it's okay. There'll be a couple music videos. We'll catch up. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, we cut to the moon real quick. Only thing that matters is Sprocket is like, hey. So am I getting to use my robot to destroy the Rangers? And King Mono says, yes. You're going to use your robot to destroy the Rangers. Oh, have we mentioned Moving what the robot on. is? It's like it's a Kadama. It's like that you know that cup and ball game. I just call. I yeah, just said what it was. Nobody knows what a Kadama is. <laughs> it's like yeah, it's it. It's a robot Kadama. Is it? Kadama they call it a Kodama? wrecking ball, which I was like, it's, you know what? You oh, know it's what? Kendama. You're right, Kendama. And it's um like it's 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 like a it looks like kind of like a mallet, and you have a ball on a string, and you like oh do yeah, tricks. like yeah, the mallet exactly. back and forth, like keep yeah. it bouncing and st- yeah, 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 yeah. Or like like it, like putting it like on the one side of it and then popping it up like and like I don't know. Some people might know what it is because it was a weapon of one of the most popular Tales games. Uh, one of the characters had it uh, oh, genius yeah, as a totally weapon. So. Did. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Nobody's so played this is Tales great, games anyway. No, no, no they call yeah, this thing like a Tales of Symphonia. Th- that's not fair. 
That's like the one game people played. Tails game. Yeah, Tails Symphony is pretty popular. Okay, okay. We, we got, they we got called this thing a wrecking ball, and I was like, Y'all. "Hey, you know what? If your goal is to like fuck up Earth, yeah, a giant wrecking ball monster is a pretty good way to do that. Just send that fucking down to the central business district and like bust up some skyscrapers." All right. So I, I want to keep moving, not just for time, but because this next thing is one of my favorite scenes in the history of television. All right. Yeah. Um. Uh, so, so just to just to preface this, um, I've been gone for a while. Is this a new development? Yes. Yeah, at the it end just of the previous episode. episode, at the end of the previous episode, Lieutenant Stone got fired from the police force. You know what? And in a it's show been a of, long time coming. Oh, yeah, shit, in a yeah. show of solidarity, Bulk and Skull quit on the spot, and they Whoa. all went to form their own uh, detective agency. Well, I missed an important episode last week. <laughs> yeah, Bulk Luke, and Skull. It was Bulk a good Skull episode. And, and Jerome Stone are no longer officers of the law. Why did so they go they're with private him? Detectives. They hate him. So, Luke, you got me. Listen, you should Luke, you should Luke. go back to this episode. Go to this episode after we record. Just go to six minutes and forty seconds and watch yeah. the scene because it's legit great. Sure, um, Luke. Um, not okay. Listen, here's the thing. Stone invited them to become detectives with him. Okay. So, like, he he clearly well, they, likes them. <laughs> yeah. And also, they well, and they yeah. So it, there, there's something there, I guess. Question mark. Uh, yeah. But so we see Bulk and Skull. They're at their desks. They're private detectives now in in Lieutenant Stone's detective agency. Uh, he's coming into the office. He's about to get. Uh, so back didn't to actually mention they're at their desks playing ping pong. Yeah, I was getting to that. They have a ping pong like place and a net and and like paddle balls. They're just playing ping pong at their desks. They have the, one of those like joint desks where they're facing each other, and there's garbage all over the office. They're cl- they've clearly just been eating junk food and playing table tennis all day. And this is fucking great. I love this touch. Bulk and Skull have set up a security system with a motion-sensing laser in, like, the hallway leading up to the office mm. so that when Lieutenant Stone starts to walk up, this, like, one of those old, like, monkey-with-a-symbol toys starts going off, and they're like, oh, shit, Lieutenant this, Stone's almost back. This is so fucking elaborate! <laughs> it is, and They yeah. just, they they quickly, in, in clown magic high-speed footage, clean up the table tennis, clean up all the trash... Uh, said they move some shit force. around on the walls. <laughs> yeah. Oh, also the the music that's playing for this sounds like a mashup of the Mission Impossible theme and the regular Bulk and Skull music. I, I it's also, so good. I also want to point I, out I love this set. This is such a good set. It looks just like it was just like a private eye show. It's just, it's weird, and I love it. <laughs> yeah, I'm I am super down with fucking Bulk and Skull private detectives. I am I am I'm I'm totally on board with this this turn of events. So so you're saying Balkan Skull uncancelled? Yeah, sure. Uh so uh Lieutenant Stone comes in, Balkan Skull covered the story, and and again I am kinda of speeding through it through time, but it really is a super good scene. Uh but Lieutenant Stone's like, hey, so uh we've heard rumors uh around town that there are basically scammers posing as uh uh, recording agents looking for musical talent. And since Ernie is opening up this new thing on Saturday, I suspect that that's where this person is going to strike next. So we want you to just, well, I want you, it's just him now. It's, there's no, we, right. Uh, I want you to go scope this shit out. And they're like, yeah, fucking on it, sir. Let's go. I, I'm not going to get into, get into the, the weeds on this, but I, 
do like that he seems to have um, read a bunch of detective novels before starting this because he's definitely like spicing up his his wording to make it sound like a fucking like old timey detective. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's it's super good. Uh, so we cut to uh, Ernie's Ernie's place or whatever. He's redubbed this the Jim and Juice Bar. Ernie's in all uh, capital letters with no apostrophe. Oh, that's right. It's Ernie's After Dark is what the sign says. Oh, no. and- <laughs> I didn't notice yeah, that. It's where he gets raunchy, but really it's mostly just him talking about how sad and lonely he is. God. <laughs> so, 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 folks, that... That's just there where I said the words Ernie after dark and literally everyone in the call started panicking. <laughs> that is the that is the manifestation of that sign. Guys, oh I'm God. sorry, but it actually says Ernie's after hours. Aw. Oh, I'm really sorry, boo. guys. Well, I guess cut this whole part then. No, don't. No, it's don't. funny. <laughs> but so uh, it's time for Tanya and her band... Again, don't know where any of these people came from. They're here to do a live performance. Yeah, I mean they're not characters. They're just they're just there. Uh, But Tanya gives a performance. We we see her sing a little bit. Uh, I think it's the same song from the beginning of the episode. I think it's not till later that we get a different song. Uh, And this an agent came up and saw Ernie's other news outfit where he's got Hawaiian suspenders and a Hawaiian tie bow tie. That's true. (laughs) Yeah. And a a Hawaiian shirt pattern. Wait, Hold uh, on. Is the rest of his wardrobe just slowly becoming Hawaiianified? (laughs) What do you mean the rest of his wardrobe? I mean, like those overalls in a couple episodes are going to be Hawaiian pattern print too. It's spreading. (laughs) What? So wow, uh, that just yeah. killed me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right <laughs> somebody else to like pick up the slack because there are like plenty of directions we can go mm. in from there, but nobody did. Yeah, yeah. You know, as long uh, as you don't bring attention to it, Eric can no, just cut out no, the dead air. No, or he, he could, or he could edit in the sound of screeching tires followed by a or cartoony can, car crash. Or he could not do that and he can just leave in that awkward silence and be lazy, which is what I would yeah, do. Yeah, that's the best yeah, option right yeah. there. <laughs> So, uh, but yeah, so this agent, uh, like, hey, Tanya, you did real good, uh, but I need something to show to uh, the higher-ups of my company, because I can sign you, and, and she's like, oh, the video, okay. No, 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 she's like, st- oh, I don't know if I have anything like that, and then Rocky, voice of reason, is like, uh, the video? Yeah, it was kind of weird that she, I guess she's she's flustered or something, but like, yeah. yeah. It was just really funny, because like, this is just Rocky's default expression, but it kind of looked like he was going... Like you, you know, we just shot a video, right? Like, is this, is this how other people feel when they talk to me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then some people like want her autograph, which okay, sure. I mean, for being unstuck in time, she's doing pretty well for herself. Uh, anyway, Bulk and Skull see all of this go down, and they're like, "Oh, I bet that guy's the scammer. Time to go undercover." And so we get this funny bit of Skull Bulk and watching Skull. this undercover. <laughs> the college years. Uh, <laughs> so <Wife>. we bulk. <laughs> God. So basically, we get this bit of Skull saying a bunch of stuff uh, while, like, overly d- describing into a voice recorder everything that he's watching this guy do from across the street. Uh, Skull's hiding in the bushes, watching this guy have dinner, 
and then he finishes eating and goes to throw his stuff into a trash can, but has trouble putting his trash in because Bulk is in there. Yeah, Skull is uh, Skull is narrating this whole thing, and we aren't going to go into it, but it's pretty good. Yeah, like this is this is all really good yeah, stuff. Like this is a put, fun episode. Put like the part where he's talking about enjoying trash cans in, like that whole bit's good. That's pretty funny. Uh, but the point is. Uh, yeah, they see this guy. They're not really able to get anything good out of him. Although Bulk does say that the one thing he, thing he did learn is that the guy didn't finish his fries. And then Skull's like, oh, you're right. He didn't finish his fries. And starts eating French fries out of the trash can and also Bulk's face. Yeah, All Paul right. Schreier is giving him a pretty solid, like, are you fucking kidding me, dude? What the hell? <laughs> the really good part is he, he eats the first fry and he's like, that's not a good fry. That's a great fry. <laughs> <laughs> and now, so on the one hand, yes, that's gross. But on the other... Bulk, one, we've seen you do way grosser things with food, and two, you are inside that trash can right now. You have no room well, to okay, judge here's here. here's the thing, though. It's He's inside that trash can for covert surveillance reasons. He's doing it because it's part of his job, yeah. not because... And I think that's a pretty stretch on part of his Look, job. He, he's trying his best. He's not putting garbage into his mouth, Yeah, he's mouth, not putting though. garbage into his mouth, and he... Although... I mean, guys, like... It probably was an empty trash can, and he put the plate in. That's, those fries are fine. Don't yeah, let those fries have not touched any other trash in there. We can see that. Uh, this, that is a hair I do not want to split. Here's yeah. the also, I feel Here's like the if thing. someone actually... I don't know if they made contact with like the lid of the fucking trash can, though. In fact, they almost certainly did, because it shows him like shoving the tray, trying to like shove it in. Those fries almost certainly made contact with that grungy, nasty-ass trash can. Even as someone who eats fucking ground candy, I'm not touching those fries. Ground candy. No, no, hold on. No, I just switched sides. (laughs) (laughs) So, I I will say, though, if someone goes back and tallies it, I'm pretty sure Bulk and Skull have had a significant number of episodes of this show where they've wound up inside trash cans. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, neither of them are blameless. Neither of them can judge man. So... Uh, we cut to the library lunchroom cafeteria thing that the school has. Again, there's, there's a room I, that the school I, has. We cut to the non-classroom. Yeah, the, the room. There's, there's, a, there's just a lot of sets in this show pulling double duty, folks. I'm sorry. Uh, but anyway, so Tanya's I mean, really super fault. excited. Yeah. Tanya's really super excited about this potential like contract that she might get. But the other rangers are having Kimberly flashbacks. Right. And they're like, oh, but if you get this, like, super good opportunity, you're going to have to move away and you're going to be busy with shit. Like, you're not going to be able to power range. You're just not. Um, well, interestingly enough, they don't actually mention power ranging. Like, they just, <laughs> like... Yeah, hold on a second. Wait a second. <laughs> we can't yes, just... no, Luke's right. Luke's right. The correct term is powering range. Okay. okay, but the the point is that like like later on in the episode even she's like she mentions she mentions friends and yeah, school yeah does yeah. not mention at the power end of the episode she's like the real reason I'm staying around it's like oh to protect Earth is for my friends and school and I'm like are that that can be your justification I guess not like saving the world okay <laughs> sure yeah, sure I mean, whatever whatever works I guess. Eh. Super fucking weird. Eh. But so we cut to the moon, and Sprocket is practicing with learning to control the wrecking ball robot. Because I guess I guess this is 
just arbitrarily this particular robot isn't sentient. Sprocket has to control it. Well, no, they they. I mean, they say it's a toy. I, apparently, this is a remote controlled toy. Okay. Yeah, they gave well, us, the last they gave toy was sentient. sentient. I was gonna say they gave him like, a sentient toy last time. It didn't work out too well, so they just like. You want to cut out the middle man. Well, sure. If this is supposed to be a test of it, like his readiness to be a man or whatever, like it would make sense <laughs> that he'd have to actually do something with it, right? I get. Yeah, that makes sense. I love how much disdain you put on that. That was good. <laughs> I mean, if the robot has to be a man, nah. so uh, we cut to the other music video of the episode. It is Tanya giving another live performance at Ernie's After Hours. Ooh. Ernie's. Please don't say after it like that. <laughs> Only what's wrong? Say it I don't that. like. Yeah, like why? What's wrong with hearing the words Ernie's After Hours? Me... Oh. Ernie's After I Hours. Hey, oh, that was way <laughs> too good, and I hate it because of it. Never <laughs> say thank never you, thank say you. that phrase like that yeah. again. Whoa. I mean, really, with with the music that Tanya's performing, could really be like the backing track to like a commercial. Like, you ever hear like a radio commercial for like an adult novelty store that's trying to like really like right. dance Don't around what the store actually about sells? Ernie yeah, exactly. Fucking please, yeah. please. Too late. Come to Ernie's <laughs> after oh. hours. We have smoothies. No. <laughs> oh, smoothies. Work you out discreetly want. in your browser, my lord. Your girlfriend won't let you go into Visp's club. It's one of those like, shitty browser like hentai games you see, and it's just a picture right. of Ernie from Power Lane Rangers, and it's like, this game will make you come 20 times a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Matt's version of things. Not, I mean, yeah. not that it's actually going to do that, but that we're making no bones about what oh, this God. is. Right. I mean, the the alternative is is the phone game that's a picture of Alpha, and it's like, you know, we are fucking under attack because it's a fucking like old timey war game that he has nothing to do God. with. Right. It's, it's fucking Clash of Clan shit. But yeah, so uh, we get it. We get a slow R and B jam. We get a bunch of extras slow dancing. Uh, but it's just a children's show, so you know they're leaving room for Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and yeah was, like I, w- I will say this tanya's actress like i she's a genuinely good singer i don't think this is a voice double i as we're watching all these extras dancing remember, i just wish one of them was a cog <laughs> good yeah the yeah. cog from would earlier with like a pie tin on his head <laughs> if they would have just like committed to the the premise that they set up at the beginning of Oh yeah, the cogs have been spying on us, and just inserted cogs right. into the backgrounds of shots. It would have been so good. Yeah, <laughs> I just I, li- I like the idea of this cog like sort of accidentally wooing someone, and just yeah, it, like the dancing partner's just like so. How long you been in town? Mm. Tall, shiny, and handsome. <laughs> About and he doesn't, five he doesn't actually ever respond. Like it's always just nonverbal, like things or whatever, and she just fills in all the blanks. Yeah, it'd be great. Yeah. Just makes noises like a fucking Dreamcast. I mean, cogs can talk. They did right, but I feel like it's better if they don't in, for this whole scenario to actually work. Okay. Yeah. So, basically, the Rangers and Billy get calls in their communicator that's like, hey, uh, there's a monster attack. But Tanya's still in the middle of her song, and they all, like, rush out the door, and Tommy, like, hand signals to Tanya, like, 
just keep doing what you're doing. We got this, which is the opposite of how the Rangers usually operate. Yeah. I, I like like the... usually, usually when the call comes, everybody has to drop everything they're doing. Listen, listen, Mike, the show must go on. That's well, true. I, I, I like earlier when we were we were riffing, um, we were watching the episode of Michael Bahalik. She imagine she has a communicator on, it just beeps into the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what was that beep? That's uh, that that didn't that didn't that wasn't in time to the beat or anything. It wasn't even the right key. It really messes with the performance. I really like we've talked about the comics a few times here now, they've been pretty cool and like they've done a good job of like fleshing out things in the show. I need them to do like a one shot about the putty bowl restaurant and like this whole world of, like, I don't know, I just want monsters to be in Angel Grove as citizens. That would there's be great. A, Luke, there's a there's a story in one of the annuals where uh, Goldar and Scorpina go on a date. Like, they That's just go really to a fucking good. amusement park. That rules. Yeah, it's fucking great. But, like, I want the equivalent of, like, Monster Town from Mario RPG, but for Power yeah. Rangers. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I think that's something the comics could easily pull off. That's well yeah. within the, like the the type of stuff that they deal in yeah it'd be so God, good i, w- I want to see like a paper mario ass situation where like billy has to go on an adventure with a putty and a baseball cap who looks up to him yeah <laughs> but so there's there's this fight where the monster's happening and there's also a bunch of cogs and they're just like okay Tommy's going to get in the red battle sword. everyone else is going to fight on the ground we don't really need to bother tanya because we've basically got this and that's yeah, kind of what happens. Like it's yeah. it's a fun. The monster shows up, fights for like a minute, and then dies. Like it's incredibly it, yeah, nothing. It's it's weird because it's like okay, Rangers, yeah. we're, this is the plan. Go and that just the the plan goes perfectly, more or yeah. less. I mean, we have I mean, <laughs> we have the Rangers do some of their weird like all Ranger special moves, like Rocky Sonic the Hedgehogs is and and Cat you know throws a Kamehameha, but like. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I guess really like what happens, like the Red Zord kind of gets beaten up at the start of the fight, and then he remembers, all oh, right, I have super piston punch fists. I can just beat the fuck out of this yeah, monster. Yeah, can I? And then he just beats the fuck out of the this monster. This is the first time I've seen this sword, and can I say that that piston punch shot that they go to all the time makes me kind of uncomfortable? Why would it make you uncomfortable? What about I, it would make you uncomfortable? Just something about the imagery that feels a little feels a little what. <sighs> Like a little, little what, what? Lexi? You don't, you don't like the idea of a fist pumping in and out, pumping in and out, in and out, so fast, Ernie, faster, <laughs> Yeah, let oh. me put it this way: it's the visual equivalent of the feeling you get, Matt, when when Mike talks about Ernie's after Yeah, dark. but that's because I'm imagining like Ernie in a speedo, like oiling himself up, licking his Hell lips, yeah. which is far less present, which is that? far less pleasant than robot fisting. Listen, I'm not saying robot. What? I have anything against robot fisting. It's just in this particular show, in this particular context, it's not. So very what you're saying? Robot so what you're saying, saying is an actual. So what you're saying? Huh? Yeah, no, it totally so. fucking is. <laughs> so what you're saying though is you prefer sexy Ernie to robot fisting. Is that what you're saying? I just. I don't well, feel like I need to like choose it. one or the other. What I'm saying is, you know what? I think this is getting a little body shamey towards no. Ernie. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, yeah, like, yeah. I have nothing against. Ernie being sexy, no, that's fine. I don't have anything against Ernie being <laughs> sexy either. He's a grown man. He can do whatever the fuck he wants. It's just not my type, and I don't like thinking about it, because it's weird. Yeah. It makes... 
I mean, listen, we, we only well, see Ernie when he's at his job and occasionally when he's like well, volunteering to coach like, like a little league soccer team or something. We have no idea what Ernie gets up to after hours <laughs> I mean, in his day-to-day life. So, you know, maybe he's just a nice guy and maybe he's got a healthy, like, you know, dating life. Something, yeah, something. I mean, everybody likes Ernie. I would not be surprised at all if he's got a pretty healthy social life. Ernie strikes me as a guy who's like, you know, uh, like a like modern hedonist. You know, he's just I'm just here to enjoy every aspect of life to the maximum degree. Yeah, like not in the not in yep. the uh, not in the pejorative sense, but in right, the exactly. like, literal sense. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like, hey, if if I have sex tonight, that's great. If I just sit around at home and have some chicken wings, that's great yeah. too. I could agree with that. Watch The Sopranos. Remember my old life. God. <laughs> but uh, speaking speaking of robotic pleasure, uh, the, the Machine Empire don't seem all that upset about yeah, no, this they're loss. Fine with, they're just this like, is a eh, weird episode right. because like basically everybody wins. <laughs> yeah. So here's the thing: Sprocket's the son of aristocracy. Like he can't actually fail. I mean, in fairness, in yeah, fairness, his name yeah. is Sprocket. It's not. We're in the twenty-fifth episode. It's not like the previous twenty-four attempts by the adults have been much better. Right. <laughs> well, what you have It's seen, still Matt, really is lo- surreal to go ahead. Yeah, just a lot of these plots have been like King uh, Prince Sprocket's ideas. My pitch has always been that planet Earth here is actually like a practice planet for him to learn how to conquer worlds. I mean, on. this yeah, episode, no, I mean, yeah, actually, that, and that's that why his parents usually don't very... get. I'm yeah. sensible, like, yeah. Like, sometimes his parents get annoyed that they're losing, because this shouldn't be this hard. But for the most part, they seem really chill about it. It's like, ah, whatever. We'll yeah. get it eventually. I, I am the thing confident is, even... that if if the comics covered Zio, that's exactly yeah, I, I was going to say, that's actually, like, it. that's not even <laughs> a bullshitty, like, whatever the fuck your current theory for the morphing grid is. We're not talking about that <laughs> shit. That doesn't seem like ludicrous <laughs> bullshit like that. that. This actually seems like a pretty plausible right. theory. Yeah, yeah. The thing is, though, even though that's been the case for the whole season, it's still very weird to watch an episode of Power Rangers and see, like, the 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 monster get defeated, and then the main villain go, "Well, the important yeah. thing is you tried." No, and like, right. like yeah. verbatim, he's like, "It's okay, you tried your hardest. You can't win them all." And that's that. Yeah, like he literally says the they're very proud of him. <laughs> like, they're being good parents. Yeah, they're very good parents. <laughs> You'll get You're those Rangers next time, big guy. But like, yeah, you know. God. Yeah, I mean, they but, say despite his failure, he still succeeded in becoming a man today. God. <laughs> yeah. We still got you that meat suit. <laughs> God. Uh, so, uh, we we cut down to Ernie's during hours. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I don't it means either. nothing, Matt. <laughs> I thought it was funny. Oh, God. So, I liked it. Uh, so Tanya uh, is being schmoozed uh, by the producer guy and a couple other, I guess, record company bigwigs. You know they're Hollywood people because they say stuff like fab. Yeah, you you absolutely know it because of that shit. But ultimately, she she turns down the contract. She's just like, yeah, I've got I got shit to do here. And the guy's like, well, I understand, but hey. Keep my business card. If you change your mind, I'll still be around. He says, he says and, you're but, someone worth waiting for. Yeah. But this is a Vulcan creepy way to put are, it, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. And like one of the other guys goes enchanté and kisses her hand and it's it's yeah. a little creepy. 
Mm. Okay, he says, but for talent like yours, I can wait. That's less creepy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Gotta read between the lines, I guess. Degrees. But uh, Bulk and Skull basically go off on these guys. Yeah, and after she turns him down so, is when Bulk and Skull decide to move in and, like, intervene, which, that's very them. Yeah, that is very them. But, uh, basically, the, the guys kind of start to offer Bulk and Skull an opportunity to appear in a music video, for, which, okay, whatever. I uh, like their style, like, no, apparently. What? I yeah. mean, we and do, like, too. Listen, like, that's understandable. They look good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And listen, they're like, listen, we're not idiots. What? Get the fuck out of here. And then after they leave, Tanya and Ernie walk up to Bulk and Scar like, hey, guys, you know those were real producers, right? Which, and here's they... the thing. Are they, how do they know? Yeah, that was that was my thing. Like, they have a limo. Tanya and Ernie aren't, like, they're the ones, like, Ernie's here to give Tanya backup on this. They, they're not really in a position um, to know apparently, that. Apparently. Like, did Ernie vet these people? Well, What's well, going apparently, on? Apparently, um, one of the, I can't remember who says it, but one of the rangers basically says that they, like, recognize the guys who showed up, and it is apparently, like, actually them. I mean, they could just be, like... Oh, could, yeah. yeah, didn't one of them say something like the the director that they brought in is, like, really yeah, famous, so, one of the best yeah, in the something, biz? Yeah, something oh, right. along those yeah, lines. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, he could just be, like, fucking impersonating the guy, but they at least established that there's some credibility here. Yeah, but the end result is Bulk and Skull run out and, like, wait, we were just joking, let us be in your thing, and then, like, try to fight to get into the limousine, and, and Skull's, like, suit jacket gets caught in the door. It's it's some more good like physical comedy to kind of cap us off, and then Tanya comes back in, meets up with the gang uh, at the table to give her speech about how like listen, I I didn't I didn't want to leave you all hanging, and everyone else is like, hey, like we really appreciate that because the last person who <laughs> wanted to be really successful on their own terms, uh, we fucking never saw her again and broke up with Tommy through a letter. So yeah. like you know hey. <laughs> We'd, like, we'd rather you stick around. And then freeze frame. Oh, Adam gives her a cute hug. That's cute. I just noticed that. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice. So, yeah, so we, we kind of blasted through a lot of that, but it really yeah. is a fun episode. Well, it's because we talked about the first minute for uh, half an hour. It was 45 uh, yeah. minutes, actually. <laughs> so, yeah, fun episode. <sighs> so... Any any other thoughts fun, on the episode? Fun episode. Y'all? Um, um I would say that like I I okay, like I guess like this is a common thing of Power Rangers and it sounds kinda dumb to complain about it, but it it does feel like the Power Rangers stuff of this was really tacked on and it was just yeah. about like Aisha and I mean sorry, Tanya, fuck. <laughs> and her um her singing <laughs> career. You know? Like it's which is fine. That's it sure. was cool episode I, I liked it but like they gave a yellow really ranger an actual honest to god focus episode <laughs> right let's let's not overlook I, that I like how, Lex, the significance I like how Lexi's that. like look it what no no it's good I'm just mean like like uh like they could they didn't it wasn't tied into the like monster stuff at all which right like it felt like yeah. it felt like it was it, it was fair, book, it was book ended by monster stuff yeah, and then, to be fair yeah. that's not uncommon for Zio it seems like the machine empire in general is kind of just doing their own thing yeah, yeah. No, I mean, like, and like, it's probably more apparent in like the the Adam has a horror movie dream episode where it's like there was no reason for this Sentai footage to be here, right. but like this one, I don't know. I just it, it stood out for me, but it's probably just no. Mm. I actually really like this episode. Um, 
No, I liked but it. it it's, like, it was this good. episode was weird because, like I said, nobody loses in this episode, really. No <laughs> I mean, little, little Stevie does. Little Stevie <laughs> does lose. Unless little Stevie never really existed. Uh, yeah. I mean, I would say never really existing is losing. Uh, is it? Is it? I don't know if I agree with that. Yeah. Okay, actually, you're that right. That's point some taken. weird, Why weird don't we existentiality. Just ask so I'm not sure I'm <laughs> equipped to deal with that right now. I'll be real with you. <laughs> God. But yeah, I thought it was good. But, uh, yeah. All right. Well, folks, uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back with something fun. As opposed to, you know, everything you've heard so far. Right. Yeah, of course. Be right back. Uh, hi, I'm Molly, a trans girl living in Seattle. Hi, I'm Ashley, a trans girl living in Florida. And I'm Jules, a trans girl living in Sydney, Australia. We're hosting a new amateur anecdotal advice podcast about what it's been like for us being trans. We'll be covering topics such as coming out, realization, experiences with HRT, thoughts on surgery, romance, and family. You can find us at TM Radiocast on Twitter, and you can send in questions to transmissionquestions at gmail.com and transmissionradiopodcast.tumblr.com Join us three on what it's all about being trans in your mid-twenties through our own, frankly, weird and wonderful experiences. Yeah. Okay. Three, two, one. Alchemy. What? Don't worry about it. <laughs> okay, Please leave hey, all that in. Yeah. Hey, folks, we're back, and you know what? Since I'm doing the 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 sub host thing, uh, I kind of wanted to try and do this last week. Couldn't find the time. Uh, I'm hosting the game again, and I'm doing the old standby, uh, doing the IMDb game. Uh, so, folks, in case you don't know how this works, I have assembled a list of 12 films, films, as it were, and I have assembled some cursory information about every single one of them. Uh, Basically, I'm going to have each of our contestants pick a category. I will give them a movie, the year it premiered, the brief synopsis on the IMDb page, uh, three plot keywords from the IMDb page that I have chosen, uh, the number of people who rated it, and I'm going to ask them to give an IMDb rating to the tenth place from 1 to 10. After they make their guess, the rest of the contestants are going to guess whether or not they think the actual answer is higher or lower. If they're right, they get points. If they're wrong, the person who made the guest gets points, and the number of points will depend on the round we're in. We'll start with one, then two, then three. And as an additional incentive to try and get the correct answer, if you're the person guessing and you nail it exactly, not only will you automatically get the points from everybody else being wrong, but you'll get a nice five-point bonus. Ooh. And that's pretty much the rules of the game. And if I recall, for this week, somebody answering it directly pretty much takes the game. <laughs> That's the idea. Uh, so, uh, for this one, 
I actually made this game before I watched the Power Rangers episode we were here to discuss, and I was under the impression that we were going to be doing the episode where uh, Tanya and and uh, Tommy were cursed to sing all the time. <laughs> I, th- I thought it was that one. So what I did is I figured the theme of this week would be musicals. But I didn't just pick, like, famous musicals. I went to IMDb's genre listing under musicals <laughs> and found the the most bullshit entries I could find. Some of which I don't personally think actually count as musicals. All right. But whatever. And that's, we're not here uh, to argue with IMDb. Doing. I mean, yeah, we're probably I mean, are going to, but that's not what we're here I mean, for. We, sh- we, sh- we should, but like, again, that like this bullshit, you know, overblown wiki is what this game is all about. So... Uh, contestants, do you all know, do you all understand the rules of the game? Uh, yeah. I think so, yeah. All right. Played it before. All right, cool. Fantastic. Matt. Yeah. What about, uh, what about as, me? Yeah, as the person who's been away for a long time, I'm giving you first pick. Take a look at that list of categories that I gave you and take your pick. Uh, for the folks at home, the categories are bag, vampire, trailer, Developer, bug, opera, guitar, fur, monster, waitress, prison, and boombox. Each one of these could be a uh, compound word, really. Yeah. Bag vampire, yeah. trailer developer. <laughs> guitar, opera, bug would be opera. fucking badass. Monster waitress. <laughs> Hell yeah. I'm, I, I really want to see a movie about a vampire boombox. No, guitar, I want to see boom- I want to see Boombox Prison. <laughs> uh, so what's your pick, Matt? My pick is Boombox. All right. And Boombox uh, gives us what I feel is the most come the fuck on that's not a musical entry in our like full list here. Matt, your movie is Kazam. Wait. Oh, 19... God. <laughs> from... <laughs> God. I take it up with IMDb. Your your movie is Kazam from 1996. I, I saw its sequel Shazam last night. It was very good. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? What musical numbers are in are in Kazam? There, I know there's the rap sequence where it's like we not men we genie, but like I don't I don't I haven't seen that movie in too long. I don't know what other songs are there. No, guess I'll just have to watch it this Christmas. Yeah. Oh, oh no, God. So, uh, Matt, your synopsis. A troubled kid inadvertently releases a genie. Uh, this isn't in the synopsis, but incidentally, the genie is Shaq. Uh, <laughs> okay. Who must grant him any three wishes he requests. Shaq. Ah. <sighs> savior of the universe. Oh, I was going for uh, a Shaft thing, but that works too. Yeah. God. Uh, Matt, your keywords are hamburger, candy, and glass of water. Uh, 21,576 people rated this movie. <laughs> okay. What do you think the rating is? I am going to go with a 6.0 rating, which is higher than it should be, but I'm doing that on the basis that this is the sort of movie that people watch when they're young, and they're like, yeah, I know it's terrible, but I really like it. That's my mm-hmm. justification for a score that high. All right, that seems like pretty solid reasoning to me. Emily? 4.5. Well, no, I, no, I, I you're not... <laughs> Do you think the actual answer is lo- higher or lower oh, than yeah. Matt's I guess? guess? I I'm not, assuming lower. I guess I didn't yeah. play it lower. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're like Lexi. called shot 4.5. Um, I, I agree with Matt's, Matt's reasoning. I don't think he went far enough with it. I'm going to say higher. Oh, okay. 
All right, already got some differences of opinions here. Luke? Uh, no, I feel like Kazam is not... It's not Space Jam, you know? Like, no one loves Kazam. I, I, I'm going to say lower. <laughs> yeah. No one should love Kazam. <laughs> but... Wow. Matt, are you, are you the Kazam Defense Force? I've never actually seen Kazam ever, so I'm just going to go ahead and go out on a limb and say <laughs> it was terrible. Because why would okay. I watch this fucking movie? Well, for the curious, the actual IMDb rating of Kazam as of this recording is 2.9. Damn. Wow, that's too high. <laughs> yeah. I was way... No, people weren't like, oh, I watched Kazam when I was younger and it's terrible, but I liked it. They were like, oh, I watched Kazam when I was younger and it was fucking terrible and I hated it. Fuck that movie. It sucked. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oh, uh, I actually forgot. I should have mentioned this up front. Uh, first round... One point a pop for the correct answer. Sure. Because I'm a terrible host. Okay. As you yeah. all know. Emily. Yeah. yeah. Uh, pick a category, <laughs> my dear. 4.5. I'm just kidding. Uh, monster. <laughs> yeah, that figures. Yeah, oh, monster. <laughs> yeah that tracks. Um, <laughs> monster. Emily, your movie is Monster Mash the Movie Fuck from yeah. 1995. Oh, God. And yes, this was this was the project of the dude who actually wrote and performed the original song, The Monster Mash. Right, because literally movie. everything he's done since then has tried to recreate the popularity of Monster Mash. Yeah, although I think this was like 40 years later. Shock the no, body. Yeah, no, it's been a career of doing that. Like, I read an article that broke it down and like the dude has been persistent. Well, I mean, like, yeah. does he get like pretty good money from like the original song or like? I'm assuming he did. I, uh, I know he's, it's uh, not he enough, passed away. He keeps chasing I mean, it. I mean, they still play it to this day, so I feel like he's still yeah. getting royalties, you know. But maybe it's, not. Yeah, it's it's kind of the Halloween song. Uh, but anyway, so the plot synopsis: Two teenagers get trapped in a house with Doctor Frankenstein, who wants to transfer one of their brains to his creature. Ooh. The keywords are vampire, mm. werewolf. Mm. And Romeo and Juliet costume. A hundred and sixty-two people rated this movie. Emily, what is the IMDb rating for Monster Mash the movie from nineteen ninety-five? Two point three. Okay, Matt, do you think the actual rating is higher or lower than two point three? I'm going to say higher. It's probably not good, but I think it's higher than two point three. All right, Lexi. I mean, people got to love this thing better than Shazam, right? <laughs> Kazam. Kazam. Shazam. Shazam's a, a good movie. No, I'm <laughs> sorry. I was thinking of the uh, the other genie movie that doesn't actually exist. Oh, I see. The Yeah, the Mandela effect, you mean. Yeah, right. Uh, no, I think it's higher. All righty then. And Luke. Uh, I'm also going to say higher. All right. Well, the actual IMDb rating for Monster Mash the movie is 4.2. Damn it! <laughs> yeah. It's way better than everyone was expecting. That's Question no, that's about exactly I, where I would have guessed. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was going to guess 3. I was guessing 3.5 to 4. Okay. Well, uh speaking of Lexi guessing things, Lexi, what category do you want? Ah, oh, fuck. Um Give me trailer. Okay, trailer. Uh, you've picked the darkest timeline. Oh. 
because your movie is the Adam Sandler film Eight Crazy Nights oh, from 2002. Oh, God fucking damn it. Fuck oh, you me. screwed up. I did. God. Uh... Th- The synopsis is Davy Stone, an alcoholic with a criminal record, is sentenced to community surface under the supervision of an elderly referee. Say what? (laughs) Sorry. It sounded like you said surface, and I called you out, and I shouldn't have. I'm sorry. I'm bad at talking, which is why I'm on a podcast. (laughs) That's why you're hosting a game show right now. (laughs) Yeah, of course. Uh, Davy is then faced with trying to reform and abandon his bad habits. Keywords include adult animation... Actor playing multiple roles. Sure. And embarrassment. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's that can just be tacked <laughs> onto any Adam Sandler movie. Yeah, pretty much. Shit. So, uh, that, so I know that movie sucks, but people inexplicably like Adam Sandler movies. So yeah. let me give you the last p- bit oh. of info. This might yes. help you. Uh, 20,266 people yeah, rated it. That sounds right. Whew. Um,. God, I'm going to say 6.7. Okay, 6.7. Matt. Lower. Lower? Okay. Emily. Lower. Luke. I'm the only one with the appropriate level of faith in humanity, I guess. Higher. Wow, okay. And the actual IMDb rating for 8 Crazy Nights from 2002... 5.3. 5.3. Damn. Yes. You know? The yeah. People I, I knew it wasn't one of the ones, one of the more beloved ones, but like, I, shit, yeah. I've got no fucking sense of scale for how the general public rates <laughs> Adam Sandler. Who even knows at this point? Yeah. yeah We're still making that? movies. I don't know who sees them. Yeah, yeah. They make money is the thing. But like... He basically uh, uses them to finance his vacations. Right. He's yeah. like, fuck it, this this movie's gonna take place in Africa, because I feel like seeing Africa. Yeah, I was going to say, the thing about Adam Sandler movies being shitty at this point is Adam Sandler, like, transparent... Adam Sandler's not trying to fool anybody. Adam Sandler knows his movies are fucking shit, right. but they inexplicably... He very openly does not care anymore. Yeah, no, he yeah. doesn't give a fuck. He's completely transparent about it. I can't even blame that guy anymore because he very transparently stopped giving a fuck. And like you said, he's literally like, oh yeah, this movie's in fucking... It's in Mexico because I wanted to go to Mexico. And that's yeah. why the movie's there. And that's it. Alright, Luke, yeah, you get your me. first pick of a category. Alright, let's go with Waitress. All right, waitress. Let me pull this up, Luke. Yeah, you pick the second darkest option. Oh shit! Oh. You get from Justin to Kelly. Oh man, I thought from- I was getting waitress. <laughs> <laughs> Easy there, Charlie Kelly. Mike specifically yeah. said it would not be what you expect. So <laughs> yeah, uh, you get from Justin to Kelly from 2003, and yes, this is the uh, American Idol movie, basically. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've, seen, I've seen reviews of this. Yeah, so the plot synopsis, uh, a waitress from Texas and a college student from Pennsylvania meet during spring break in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and come together through their shared love of singing. (sighs) Okay, yeah. Keywords include cowboy hat, speedo, and gay joke. God. (laughs) Oh, boy, that is... 
That I'm sounds gonna, like you could just be describing uh, a porno. I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that just sounds like he's describing every like early aughts movie. You see, I was going to say that sounds like you could be describing an Adam Sandler movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. I, actually, like there was a movie, I forget the name of it, that I came across in my research that I was tempted to include but didn't. But it was just a musical about gay sex, and it f- just featured evidently tons and tons and tons of male nudity. So, well, yeah, I mean, it'd be weird if it didn't, frankly. Makes sense given the subject yeah. matter, I guess. Yeah, I would hope yeah, and so. I think the title was something like Super on the Nose. It was just like Naked Dudes the Musical, basically. Honestly, Super on the Nose could work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, from Justin to Kelly has 24,375 ratings. Luke, what is its IMDb rating? I'm going to go... Six point seven. Ah, dang. Okay, Matt, higher or lower? I have no fucking idea how this movie (laughs) was received, so I'm going to play with law of averages and say lower. All right, Emily, higher or lower? That's a hard one because, like, like I I feel like this isn't a good movie, but I'm sure some people enjoyed it when they're tweens, right? Um, I'm gonna say lower. I don't think it's higher than 6.7, so yeah, lower. Okay, and Lexi? It's gotta be lower. Alright, the actual rating of from Justin to Kelly is 2.1. Whoa! Oh, God. <laughs> this was uh, that one Jackbox game. Okay. That would be a, like a way lower category. Dang, all right, okay. Yeah, so our scores so far, Matt is actually in the lead with four points. Uh, Emily and Lexi are tied for second with three a pop, and Luke has two. Okay, okay. But we are moving into the second round now, and each of these are going to be worth two points a pop. Uh, The five-point bonus remains exactly the same. And we're going to go in reverse order for round two. So, Luke, you actually get to pick another category. All right, let me look at the categories here. Uh... I'll go with developer. All right, developer. Let me pull this up. I hope this is Luke. about video games and it's a musical. Uh, <laughs> maybe? <laughs> Luke, you get probably the most famous title to a movie no one's ever actually seen. You get Break Into Electric Boogaloo. Okay, okay. From 1984. A movie everyone knows the title of and literally nothing else about. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, The synopsis. A developer tries to bulldoze a community recreation center. The local breakdancers try to stop it. That's all the details I have for that. That's the best. (laughs) Plot keywords include mime, nunchucks. Yes. And gentrification. Okay, yeah. (laughs) All right, sure. 3,324 people rated this film. Luke, what is the IMDb rating for Break Into Electric Boogaloo, the ship that set forth a thousand subtitles? So I'm pretty sure that both Break In movies are relatively well regarded. Uh, I think I'm going to go for like 7.6. Okay. Matt, higher or lower than 7.6? I'm going to go with lower. I can see that being wrong, but I'm going to go with lower. Emily. Lower. 
All right, and Lexi. Yeah, man, I I feel like he's probably pretty close on this. I'm going to say lower, but not by a lot. Okay. The actual IMDb rating for Breaking 2, Electric Boogaloo, a movie that evidently doesn't actually exist, <laughs> as far as anyone knows, is appropriately enough an even 5.0. Oh, God man. damn. <laughs> I think right. at least people like the first Breaking. Isn't the first movie called Xanadu? No, I think that's a totally different thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, that movie, like, only, that movie only shows up like once every hundred years. That's about like roller skating, not breakdancing. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, Lexi, hmm. your pick. Um, I take Vampire. All right, Vampire. Uh, Lex, you get one of my favorite picks here. Not because I've actually seen it, because I haven't, but I love the description here. Uh, Lexi, you get Rockula okay. from 1990. <laughs> I, Zach actually, I think, knows of this movie. Oh, goodness. Uh, Rockula. He hates, uh, <laughs> he hates games, so it's fine. Okay. Uh, the synopsis is a young vampire cannot lose his virginity because of a curse imposed upon him centuries ago. That's why. Keyword, <laughs> yeah. Keywords include rock star, reincarnation, and pirate. I mean, yeah, okay. that all tracks. Yeah, yeah. Of course, that, that makes perfect sense. 769 people rated this film. Nice. 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 Lexi, what is the IMDb rating for Rockula for 1990? Boy, I'm gonna I'm gonna be a shit here and say five. Just an even five? Yep. Alright. Alright, people coin higher flip. or lower than <laughs> higher or lower than five. Um Lower. Okay. And Emily. Lower. And Luke. Uh how many people rated it again? Uh seven hundred and sixty nine. Okay, that's a small enough nice. number that I feel like Anyone that's watched this movie is a weirdo that likes weird movies like this. I'm going to say higher. That's yeah, that's kind of where I was at, too. Like, I was like, uh, it seems like the kind of thing that could be a cult favorite among yeah. certain people. Like, not much higher, but higher. Well, uh, Luke, your instincts are correct. Woo! The actual rating is 5.4. Oh, yeah. Man. Wow, dead on. Shit. You were not yeah. wrong about not much higher. <laughs> <laughs> Emily. Hmm. Pick another category, darling. Fur. Of course. Fur, okay. Yeah. Shut the fuck Sorry, up, for a vampire there, I, thought, girl. I thought you were saying like, <laughs> I thought you were saying like four weird, so I thought there was going to be another word after that, and I forgot fur was a thing. <laughs> How could you forget fur is a thing? <laughs> <laughs> Animals would be so cold. <laughs> Listen, as as we've established, I can't talk and I'm very stupid, which is, which is why it's, I'm the perfect person to be hosting this. <laughs> so... Uh, fur, Emily. I'm so glad you picked this one. Your film is Earth Girls Are Easy. Oh my Fuck god! From, yeah, <laughs> from 1988. That was a musical. There were musical numbers At in least it. As much IMDb as listed as a musical. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> probably more so than Kazam was. I will say it is definitely more of a musical than Kazam. Uh, yes, Earth Girls Are Easy from 1988. Uh, synopsis, a Southern California girl befriends three furry aliens. Uh, again, not in the synopsis, but for the record, they are Jim Carrey, Jeff Goldblum, and I 
Damon Wayans, I want to say. Uh, wait, wait, the, hold the on. Southern Did you Cal- say Jeff Goldblum? Yeah. yeah. Why? Jeff, oh, Jeff Goldblum what? is the main love interest in the story. Uh, okay, sure. Why not? Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like, that's one of the few movies that actually acknowledges what a heartthrob he is. <laughs> uh, a Southern California girl befriends three furry aliens after their spaceship lands in her swimming pool. Keywords include reference to Tina Turner, <laughs> reference to Cher, um, and reference to Mel Gibson. Oh, boy. 18,615 people rated this film. This film. <sighs> 6.3. 6.3. Okay. Matt, higher or lower? Lower. I refuse to believe that, that this... Uh. <laughs> this is a cult classic. Yeah. I'm going to say higher. Okay. And Luke? I'm also going to say higher. Okay. The actual IMDb rating for Earth Girls Are Easy from 1988 is 5.3. Damn. Bam. Yeah. It's going to suck if this movie's actually really good somehow. (laughs) And I wind up looking like a stupid asshole. All right. Uh, Let's see. Matt, you get to pick another category now. Uh, Let's go with Bug. All right. Bug. Matt, you get Joe's Apartment from 1996. Um. Oh, yeah. Joe's Apartment. I don't know what this is. Uh, synopsis. A nice guy has just moved to New York and discovers that he must share his rundown apartment with a couple thousand singing, dancing cockroaches. I don't think you have to do that. <laughs> I think the laws can you, get, can you go one. over the synopsis <laughs> one more time? A nice guy has just moved to New York and discovers that he must share his rundown apartment with a couple thousand singing, dancing cockroaches. Fucking okay. like New York, am I right? What are the keywords? I think this was like one of MTV's first movies. Oh, weird. Oh, God. All right, what are, the, what are like the keywords for this fucking uh, whatever the okay, fuck this is? Okay, your keywords are drummer. Okay. Singer. All right. Reference to Led Zeppelin. 11,792 people wow. rated this film. How? How? 3.5. Matt, what, what is it? 3.5. Sorry, one more time. You cut out. <laughs> Three, 3.5. Okay, thank you. Sorry nope. about that, folks. You're good. Uh, Emily, higher or lower than 3.5? Higher. Lexi. Oh, boy, lower. And Luke. I think he probably got it pretty much on the nose. Uh, I'm going to go higher. All right. The actual IMDb rating for Joe's apartment from 1996. It better not be like 6.0 or some fucking bullshit like that. 5.4. That is too high. (laughs) Maybe it's really good. We don't know. No, I'm going to say that is too high. Don't I, I, uh, I've never seen it. I understand it has kind of a cult following. Yeah, yeah. Shrug. You never know. You can't God. judge anything by its premise. All right, and we are back to our original order. Matt, your final pick for a category. I'm going to go with bag, in keeping with the B theme. Is that a theme now? Uh, <laughs> it is for all of two selections. <laughs> okay. Boombox uh, two. 
Matt, yeah, that's you probably true. get Shit. one of the <laughs> you get probably the movie on this list that is the least weird in concept but most weird in execution, I think. Right? Okay. You get you get Felix the Cat the movie from 1988. Okay. I don't know if you've seen Shit. anything about this. It's I fucking know nuts. It. Yeah, I uh, know about this movie. Yeah. Yeah, synopsis. In another dimension, the villainous scientist the Duke of Zill with the help of his mechanical geometric army takes over the land of Oriana, prompting Felix the Cat to save its princess and restore order once again. Isn't there tits in this movie? <laughs> Maybe. Like, oh, it's, no, it's you're worth thinking, thinking of Frisk. Of, no, you're thinking of, oh, uh, fuck, it's a different cartoon cat. But isn't it Frisk the Cat? Fritz the Cat, yeah. Fritz, that's it. Yeah, not, no, it's oh, not Fritz. Okay, Felix, know, Felix the Cat is one of the, the most old-timey, like, black and white animated oh, characters. Oh, yeah, it's the one, yeah, it's the, the little, like, little cartoon cat yeah. who doesn't And for have... this movie, they tried to give him, like, an 80s-tastic reboot, and, like, he goes to another dimension, and it's, like, off-brand heavy metal. It's fucking weird. Okay, and I'm assuming he doesn't have an orgy in his bathtub. No, okay. uh, unfortunately. Or fortunately, uh, key- depending on your point of view, I suppose. Yeah. Keywords include surrealism, liquid, and reference to John Wayne. IMDb really likes listing when specific like yeah. celebrities are made a reference to. That's I don't a know plot why. Point. No. Um uh, 1,242 people rated this film. Not a lot. Matt, what is the IMDb rating for Felix the Cat the movie from 1988? I'm going to go with 6. 6.0, I think. 6.0, okay. Emily, higher or lower than 6.0? Lower. Okay. Oh, and I should mention, this is round three, so uh, we, got, we got three points being flung around now. Lexi, higher or lower than 6.0? Lower. And Luke? Uh, lower. Okay. Sorry, folks, the math is getting harder to do in my head. (laughs) The numbers are getting bigger. We're up to three. (laughs) God. And the actual IMDb rating for Felix the Cat, the movie from 1988, an even 5.0. Wow. Okay. Yeah. A lot of that tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Emily, your last pick, dear. Prison. Prison. Okay. Let me uh, clear that. And your final movie is Blues Brothers 2000. Oh, oh boy. Oh, that's a bad one, right? <laughs> here's a quick Here's a quick mini game. What year did Blues Brothers 2000 come out in? 2000? <laughs> 99? No, 1998. I would have been prepared for, but... Okay. No. We <laughs> this movie's a lie in more ways like, than one. Like I don't one. know if you know this. We covered the t- Blues Brothers 2064 game on Let's Play. Sweet Jesus! <laughs> I remember that. that was, it's probably bad. Yeah, <laughs> it's I don't like remember a that Banjo knockoff. Oh God. boy, that would but be yeah, the era. Emily, uh, to answer your question, this is the Blues Brothers sequel decades later that nobody wanted. Yeah. Uh, synopsis. Elwood must reunite the old band with a few new members and go on another mission from God. Someone gets, like, turned uh, to stone by a witch in that movie. Yeah, there's there's actual honest-to-God voodoo in that movie. Uh-huh. Uh, keywords include right-wing conservative, uh-huh. police officer, and racist organization. You yep. say the same thing three times. Yeah, I sure did. <laughs> but, again, take that up with IMDb. Uh... 
29,533 people rated this film. Emily, what is the IMDb rating for Blues Brothers in the year 2000? 3.3. All right, Matt, higher or lower than 3.3? This is tough. I think M's read is pretty on point. I'm going to go with higher, though. All right, Lexi, higher or lower than 3.3? I feel like it's higher. And Luke. I feel like Blues Brothers, the original, is such like a beloved movie, and this is such a shitty cash-in on it. I think the IMDb community wanted to completely bury this one. I'm going lower. All right, the actual IMDb rating for Blues Brothers in the far-off futuristic year of 2000 is 4.8. Damn it. Yeah. See, Luke, I think I went the other way, where people give it a bit higher rating than it really deserves because of their fondness for the original. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, there's some fun musical performances in there. John Goodman can dance real good, but no, it's not not a good movie. Uh, Lexi. Uh, take me to the opera. All right, we're taking you to the opera and your final movie, uh, once my mouse starts working properly, is... Repo exclamation point. The genetic opera from 2008. Yes. The uh, synopsis is a worldwide epidemic encourages a biotech company to launch an organ financing program similar in nature to a standard car loan. The repossession clause is a killer, however. Ha. Yeah. Uh, Keywords include sex. <laughs> Was that it? No, uh, severed face. Oh, severed f- sex, severed face, and carnival. I mean, yeah, those two, three things do sound like they would go together. I was worried you're gonna say carnivore. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I mean, that might have been in there. There were a lot of tags for this one. Uh, Twenty-two thousand two hundred forty-one people rated this film. Lexi, what is? The IMDb rating for Repo! Exclamation point. The Genetic Opera from 2008. God, this is actually tricky because this is a fairly uh, notorious movie, and I don't know if that's going to influence the score high or low. I'm going to say 5.8. 5.8. Matt, do you think the actual rating is higher or lower than 5.8? I'm going to go with lower. Law of averages. Emily. 5.8 was the score? Mm-hmm. Hopefully. Lower. <laughs> oh, Lexi. <laughs> and Luke. I'll go higher. Oh, Luke's breaking the law. <laughs> All right. Well, he's breaking the law for a good cause because the actual answer is 6.7. Woo! Yeah. Huh. All right, folks. Luke, you have no choice in the matter. There's only one movie left. All right, yeah, hit me. Well, before the final round. Your film is, for the category of guitar, Tenacious D in the Pick of Destiny from 2006. Oh, hell yeah. That's a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty easily the best film on this list, I would say. Uh... Don't know if that actually reflects in the score, but sure. there you go. Tenacious D in The Pick of Destiny, 2006. Synopsis. 
To become the greatest band of all time, two slacker wannabe rockers set out on a quest to steal a legendary guitar pick that gives its holders incredible guitar skills from a maximum security rock and roll museum. Keywords include the devil, personification of Satan, and Lucifer Morningstar character. So they got five today. <laughs> yeah. 96,336 people rated this film. Okay. Okay. Luke, what is the IMDb rating for Tenacious D in the Pick of Destiny? I'm going to say eight. And you're going to say eight. Point four. Do you know he's going to say point eight. four? No, I didn't know that part. <laughs> I knew it was going to be eight. I knew. <laughs> All right, Luke's guess is 8.4. Matt, is the actual rating higher or lower? I think the rating's going to be relatively high, but I think it's going to be lower than 8.4. Lower. Emily. I'm going to say lower, too. I don't think it's going to be higher than that. All right, and Lexi. I think it's going to be lower. All right, the actual IMDb rating for Tenacious D and the Pick of Destiny from 2006 is 6.8. Ooh, wow. Yeah. Lower than oh, I Oh, man, think. it really needs a point higher. Folks, get on there and make it happen. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. we need to yeah. fudge these numbers a little bit. particularly needs this. Yes. Yeah, that, that movie especially uh, needs to have the nice number. Now, folks, uh, a little bit of setup for the final round here. Uh, first and foremost, per tradition, uh, we want the last question to be the only thing that actually matters, so it's worth ten thousand points. Well, what are the what are the scores <laughs> going into the last round? It doesn't matter, but <laughs> just so you know, the actual scores: Matt has sixteen points. Yeah, Emily has eighteen. Lexi has twenty-four. Luke, you have fourteen. Wow, I'm bad at this game. <laughs> oh, you're extremely bad at this game. <laughs> I'm surprised I got as many as I did. <laughs> yeah. Final question worth ten thousand points. Five-point bonus still in play, though, because that super matters. And uh, for this last question... Wait, didn't it once... Didn't that five-point <laughs> bonus become the deciding factor? It sure did. Yeah, it's, It absolutely did. Uh, folks, I super wanted the final movie uh, to be a film from 1976 by the name of Alice in Wonderland and X-rated musical fantasy. Oh my god. Excuse but me? uh as it as it yeah, mm-hmm. Alice in Wonderland and X-rated musical fantasy mm. from 1976. Is that like a, is that like a live action it, adaption of Alice in Sexland or like It's something along the same lines. <laughs> uh problem is, I guess because it's porn, uh it doesn't have an IMDb listing. What does have an IMDb listing? is a review of Alice in Wonderland and X-rated musical <laughs> fantasy. That's good. By, by, cinema- by, inter- by interchangeable, screamy, white YouTube man number 576, also known as the Cinema Snob. I knew it! <laughs> season 5, episode 13 of the Cinema Snob from 2011, a review of Alice in Wonderland and X-rated musical fantasy from 1976. <laughs> I... I will give all of you no additional information other than only 49 people rated it. And I'm just going to ask you for your scores in order of the person in the lead to the person furthest behind. So, Lexi, 
what is the IMDb rating for the cinema snob review of Alice in Wonderland and X-rated musical fantasy <laughs> from 1976? I'm going to say 7.9. Okay, 7.9. And Emily. Nine. <laughs> I think the people liked him, you know? Like, yeah. They're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna, it's, it's a reviewer. It's the review. It's not the movie. So I think people are gonna really yeah. try. Matt, six point nine. Nice. Fuck you so for six point nine. My nice, 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 nice. <laughs> and Luke, I wanted to say six point nine. I guess I'll say six point go eight. For, I was gonna say you got to go for four point two zero. That's true. It's right. Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, four point two zero. Sure. 4.20, okay. <laughs> God. All right, folks. The actual IMDb rating for The Cinema Stop Season 5, Episode 13 <laughs> from 2011, a review of Alice in Wonderland, an X-rated musical fantasy from 1976, is 6.4. God damn. <laughs> oh, da- wait, I would have won if... <laughs> You yeah, would have won, won, yeah. You would have won if you had gotten 6.8. Well, I didn't win, but I did snatch victory out of Luke's jaws, so that's something. <laughs> Congratulations, Matt. Like, yeah. for, for someone who's who, who's not on very much, I think this is your second victory in the IMDb game. Damn it. God. I'm so angry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh. Uh, thank you once again for indulging me, folks. And uh, let's let's wrap this nightmare hell episode up. Uh, Matt, yes. Do you have anything you want to plug? Um, not currently. Uh, I guess <laughs> GPS. If we decide to do another episode of that, which it seems like we might, but otherwise, nah. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna start trying to do going pear shape more. We did an episode recently, so check that out on Audio Entropy. Uh, Embly, anything you want to plug? You can follow me at this is emeralds on Twitter. All right, wonderful, Lexi. Uh, yeah, I got a bit of a leak in my kitchen sink. I should probably probably deal with that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, hopefully, I should be on a little more regularly now. So, uh, don't worry, folks. If you sent in questions for the Canada expert, they will be addressed. I actually don't think we've been we've been getting many. Oh, no, so yeah, I'm folks, send, some. send questions. There are in. some questions oh. that will be addressed. All right, were they? Will they? Who will they be addressed to? They'll be well. The, the people who sent them in, I guess. Okay. Uh, uh, if you Luke. if you have questions for me, the <laughs> Canada expert, you can send them to me at Tabletop Gamera on Twitter. Mm, yeah. Mm. <laughs> okay. All right. Now, Luke. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at SSJ Speed Racer. Uh, you can find other shows I do, like Totally Reprise or MCU Complete Me uh, on on Audio Entropy. Uh, you can find a whole bunch of articles I wrote about Kingdom Hearts at bit.ly slash heart II heart. Uh, I think Silver Pines has been back for a week or two by the time you're listening to this at bit.ly slash Silver Pines. That's an that's an RPG that IGM. Mike and Emily are in it. That's a good time. I think that's everything. All right, cool. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Mike Loves Rabbit. Uh, you can also hear me on Going Pear Shaped uh, whenever we do that. 
hit me up on Twitter. Let me know if you folks like when I pull this horse shit. And if you do, I'll keep doing it. And if you don't, I'll fucking stop. Uh, if you want to send in questions to Teenagers with Attitude, at Teens with Tude on Twitter. Teenagers with Attitude is the Facebook group. The email is teenswithtude at gmail.com. I believe that's everything. Uh, I neglected to put in a sign-off order, so fuck it, here we go. For Teenagers with Attitude, I've been Mike. I've been Luke. I've been Emma. Emma. (laughs) You just had to wait just like a second longer and we would have been fine. I was rushing through the I've been Matt. You know, we could all just say it at once and leave it to Eric to space them out properly. He won't do that. (laughs) I've been Emily. Lexi. Hi, what's up? (laughs) (laughs) You you should sign off. Oh, oh, yeah, I've been Lexi. And may the power protect you always. (laughs) I'm sorry, Matt. Come on. Come on. Sign out with such a sweet time.